This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 and a busy Wednesday afternoon, January 26, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Today's weather and the pandemic may make visiting a car dealership an undesirable errand. We'll discuss buying a used car online in our next segment. Right now, the Fed is set to release its latest statement on interest rates in less than an hour. We're joined by David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors based in Denver and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it sounds like investors, just based on the uh, the the higher uh, the the positive uh, volume on Wall Street today, it seems like investors have a good idea of what's coming and uh, they like what they see. Well, uh, I certainly agree with you. Uh, there will be no rate hike today, but uh, Fed Chairman Powell in his press conference could give us some let's call it forward guidance. I, I think we should expect a rate liftoff uh, in mid-March after the Fed finishes these huge unconventional securities purchases they've been doing. Um, then looking even further ahead, I think the frequency and size of future rate hikes will depend on uh, how the markets and the economy are behaving in response to these uh, initial rate hikes, um, it, the Fed will be very data-dependent. Um, I just would add in caution that that it could be difficult to bring that inflation down because we have a red-hot labor market. Now, the, the, the one question I do have is that uh, Jay Powell said uh, two years ago uh, when they started, when they slashed interest rates and when they started the bond buying program uh, at the start of the coronavirus pandemic and the economic fallout, uh, that there were two thresholds uh, that needed to be reached in order to turn things around. One was the rate of inflation. The other one was the unemployment was somewhere close to full employment. It, it, it looks like the economy has blown back blown past both benchmarks. And yet, econ- the Omicron is weighing down on the economy. So from a from a, a disease standpoint, uh, is it possible that the Fed is doing this too early? Uh, no, I think the Fed, uh, is, its timing is right. If anything, they're a bit behind the curve. And my view is the highest priority is going to deal with this inflation, which acts like it could be out of control as wages surge and we get into a what we call a wage price spiral. And I I think the Fed will put much more emphasis on trying to deal with that inflation problem than the uh, latest version of uh, the latest strain of the virus. The thing I would point out is, uh, even though it's very frustrating to see yet another Omicron strain uh, sweeping across the country, 
the effects on the economy of each of these new strains has have been less. And so I think the Fed will put a smaller priority on dealing with Omicron and a much greater priority on dealing with inflation. David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Online dealers have revolutionized the used car market. Let's learn more about the pluses and minuses from John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv based in Detroit. John, thanks for joining us today. Walk us through the online car buying experience. Uh, what is it like for you as the car buyer? And uh, you know what is the level of comfort that you as the customer have uh, getting something at as big and as costly as a car, seemingly sight unseen. Sure thing. Well, you know, there's different uh, dealership experiences. There's different brokers. There's, you know, some of the EV startups that have a direct model. So, uh, you know, I'll sort of give you an overall view of what it's like. But you can go to a website. You can check out the inventory that a dealer will have. You can have video or picture walk-arounds of the car to take a look at it. Uh, In some cases, you can arrange to have a Uh, a car test at home. You can do all your purchasing online. And in some cases, you can even have, once you buy the car, have it delivered right to your house, Rob. And they can, uh, in some of these cases, they can also pick up your old car if you're trading it in. That's exactly right. You know, you know, now, of course, dealers, they want to see your used car. You know, it gets down to, you tell them, oh, it's in great condition. It's got this many miles on it. Well, they want to see it actually, you know, what it looks like, God. But, uh, you know, the point is so much more of the car buying experience can be done online these days. Now, if you consider yourself a master negotiator and your uh, car buying life is filled with stories of you getting great deals from the dealership, that's not going to happen if you buy online. Well, it's not. But guess what? These days with inventory so tight and no dealers discounting, you're not going to haggle much even if you go into the dealership. Now, having said that, there's a lot of people who would much rather go to a dealership and go through the traditional experience of how to buy a car. But increasingly, especially with the younger generation of car buyers, I mean, they're used to buying everything online. Why should a car be any different? And that's why we're seeing an evolution of the traditional dealer franchise that in being able to provide those consumers who want it, an online kind of buying experience. CarMax, Carvana, and Vroom are the uh, biggest online retailers when it comes to cars. Uh, Is it possible that the online car buying experience will be as disruptive to the dealership model as uh, uh, online retailing was to uh, traditional brick-and-mortar stores? Uh, It's already happening, Rob. Yep, you're absolutely right. In fact, uh, last week, General Motors just announced it's launching an online used car buying portal that they're calling uh, Car Bravo. And in fact, what's even amazing to me is that uh, GM will even sell non-GM vehicles on this online portal. 
So, yeah, we're, we're seeing uh, the beginning of a big change in automotive retail. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv based in Detroit. Coming up next, exploring the future of virtual meeting. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The explosion of Zoom meetings during the pandemic is laying the groundwork for a future for even more sophisticated virtual work gatherings. We welcome in Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. So in the movie Star Wars, when R2-D2 projected Princess Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, uh, not only was that the MacGuffin for the movie, uh, she was predicting the office of the future. She really was. You know, Star Trek, Star Wars, we had a lot of clues to what to expect. And now these are coming to fruition. There's a company called Spatial, and I actually tested this out uh, early last year that you can use with an Oculus Quest VR headset or the Microsoft HoloLens, Magic Leap One. You create an avatar basically of yourself. You upload a single picture of your face, and it creates a version of a hologram of you. You don't have any legs. There's nothing below your waist and all the bodies are sort of the same shape, whether you're a man or a woman. Uh, But it's one step closer to that science fiction future. Now, is this a 3D uh, uh, depiction of your head or is this basically your class photo doing a clutch cargo thing where it's talking (laughs) while, uh, while you're speaking up in this virtual meeting? It is a digital 3D version of you. They represent you from the waist up. You can move your arms and make gestures, and it tries its best to track your eyes and your lips. But it doesn't feel, you know, it's a step up from a cartoonish avatar, but it's not the real you quite yet. Now, from a a data standpoint, uh, these virtual meetings that either bring avatars together or holograms together, um, it does allow a company or a workplace to uh, find out how many people are speaking up in meetings, who is speaking up in meetings. And if you want to do a a diversity audit of your workplace, you could find out how many women are speaking or how many uh, minorities are talking during these uh, meetings. And is that a, a potential pitfall of this technology? I think if anything, Rob, that's actually a good part of this technology. I mean, we can find out who's dominant in meetings and who, you know, that can be used in a way to really empower employees. Uh, If women aren't allowed to speak as much as men or aren't feeling comfortable, that's something we, we could use that data to work on. The creepy factor is more you know, homes, who stands, who sits, who uh, you you can, if you need a drink of water, you can't quite get that. Or you uh, the other problem, the creepy problem so far is I've never tried it without getting like a motion sickness, a seasick kind of feeling. So there's a lot that still needs to be done to make the meetings of the future happen in a holographic world. You can present... Um, Uh, your screens, you can put kind of stickers on the wall. But so far, the testing that I've done with it, the most novel part of it has been high-fiving each other. (laughs) So we're we're 
<laughs> and and we still miss hands. This but, also, you know, that's been kind of the coolest part so far. I was going to say this also uh, opens up the, the the door for a whole new world of uh, office dominance plays, where uh, you know the the manager can project themselves in very large, like when the emperor was talking to Darth <laughs> Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. Like that that can happen now in this holographic world. Yeah, well, right now, what I've tested, all the bodies are kind of the same. And that's, honestly, as a woman, that's the biggest problem. I mean, I want my body to look like my body, not just some sort of form that looks like everyone else's form. On the plus side of that, hey, you want to make yourself a little younger, a little thinner, you can do that, too, because you have ultimate control over your holographic image. Uh, Also, there are there are hologram screens so it's much more 3d it's full body there's one called the portal m this is in the you know one to two thousand dollar range but that is much more star trek like and star wars like well thanks for joining us jennifer jolly tech life columnist for usa today this is chicago's all news station news radio 780 and 105.9 fm The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A member of the U.S. Supreme Court is set to retire. We'll have the latest coming up in a special report from CBS News. It's Personal Finance Wednesday when teaching kids about investing, the phrase, the earlier the better, applies. Also on the financial front, we'll examine the role of moving averages when looking at the overall stock market direction. WBBM Business, the markets are higher today. The Dow is up 307 points. The Nasdaq up 338. The S&P 500 is up 67. AccuWeather says sunshine today, brisk and frigid, a high of 12 above. The wind chills remaining below zero right now in Chicago. We have seven above under sunny skies. It feels like eight below at 1231. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. CBS News special report. Justin Stephen Breyer, the senior member of the Supreme Court's liberal wing, plans to retire after nearly 28 years on the bench. The move comes after a months-long campaign from progressives that began after President Biden assumed office, urging him to retire and allow the president to name a successor while Democrats hold a slim and fragile majority in the Senate. 
Correspondent Jan Crawford. It is a way of kind of depoliticizing the process, and it's a way that Justice Breyer could kind of get in front of this before that drumbeat of pressure starts up again from progressives that he stepped down. The move gives Mr. Biden the opportunity to make his first appointment to the nation's highest court, one that is poised to be historic. Legal analyst Lori Levinson. He is somebody who has had an influence on sentencing guidelines, on gun rights, on women's rights to an abortion, all of these hot button issues. Breyer is 83 years old. CBS News special report. I'm Matt Piper. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are higher today. We're joined by Jack Ablin, chief investment officer at Crescent Capital based in Chicago. Jack, thanks for joining us today. Uh, in the middle of the week, this is kind of a uh, welcome respite from the uh, whipsaw action of the financial markets this week. Steep drops in the morning, followed by attempts at recovery. Uh, will this uh, relatively smooth flight persist for the rest of today, even after the uh, uh, after after the Fed has their news conference at a half hour? Well, I think you're right, Rob. I think a lot of it does hinge on the Fed and what they what they say. Um, I don't expect too many surprises, but if there is something that they uh, change or tilt or pivot, um, I'm sure everyone's going to be jumping on that and looking for any clues as to what the Fed's going to do for the remainder of the year. I mean, the, 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 the major factors here on the market volatility is you have the concerns about inflation, you have the concerns about Ukraine. Uh, earnings season has uh, been somewhat underwhelming so far, hence the volatility. And is today's uh, uh, market activity being driven exclusively by Microsoft? Yeah, I think Microsoft on the plus side. Um, here's a company that really uh, had some great results. They're they they reported uh, $51.7 billion of revenue, which was a 20% year-over-year increase. So remarkable results. Um, and then on the downside, we had Boeing. You know, I think, uh, let's see, uh, Microsoft is up something like 6% um, so far today. And then Boeing reports a $4.2 billion loss as they write off all of the production flaws related to that best-selling 787. So um, kind of a mixed bag, but net effect, we've got the S and, I mean, sorry, the Dow up nearly 300 points with uh, Microsoft up 4.8% uh, and Boeing down almost 3%. Now, what are, what are some of the issues uh, plaguing the 787, uh, the Dreamliner, uh, as they like to call it, but it might be a nightmare for Boeing right now. Is it just uh, supply issues, production issues, or is it just kind of a drop-off in international travel because that is a long-haul airliner? Yeah, that's it. It was really um, related to additional delays uh, in delivering the 787 and compensating airlines that are still waiting for their planes. So remember, they ran into uh, production manufacturing problems. That added about $2 billion to production costs. And then uh, they do have to compensate many of their customers who've been waiting around for, <clears throat> for deliveries. I still have memories of uh, of sitting at the Museum of Science and Industry 15 years ago now as uh, Boeing and Richard Branson announced that uh, Virgin was going to be the first customer for the 787. And it seemed like such a far-off uh, future technology. And now it's here and now it's bogged down in, in, in mundane concerns. 
that's it. You know, if you remember, it all started in 2013 uh, with the overheating lithium-ion batteries, and then it was just a litany of problems um, from that point on. So uh, clearly Airbus with um, their A380 kind of slipped in and picked up a lot of market share, uh, but there's still a lot of customers, and uh, and it finally seems like Boeing is going to start delivering these these aircraft. Well, we're 25 minutes away from the uh, Fed announcing kind of their roadmap for interest rates in the early part of the year. The image that I have in my head of Jerome Powell's responsibility is to uh, pull on the brakes while the throttle, which is the economy, is running hot in his hand. Um, you know, how much when, when trying to balance, you know, of you know, the, the, the further, further growth of the economy, but also slowing things down so prices come down, what's that tipping point for him yeah that's you know that's a great question rob because really the whole key to this this whole policy this year is going to be inflation uh you know many of us present company included believe that um inflation numbers are peaking now and that they will actually trend lower for the rest of the year so that will help the fed um tighten a little bit, maybe not even have to go four times this year. And then there are others who say, look, 7% inflation is going to be around for a while. And the implications on the economy and on Fed policy and the markets are really dramatic if you you know bake in 7% inflation uh, for 2022 and potentially beyond, or you know inflation trending back to the twos. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, introducing kids to the world of investing. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's Personal Finance Wednesday, and this afternoon we're focusing on ways to help kids learn about investing. We welcome in Ed Jertson, Certified Financial Planner and founder of Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. The website, EngageWealthGroup.com. Ed Thanks for joining us once again today for kids teaching them how to invest. How young is too young or what is the appropriate age to kind of welcome them into some of the financial decisions that you're making as an adult? That's a great question, Rob. Good to be with you. You know, teaching your kids to save is good, but teaching your kids to save and invest is even better. And in terms of age, it's all dependent on the kid. You know, some some children can, you know, pick it up pretty quickly, you know, in, you know, their early teens, if you would, nine or 10 year olds are dealing with multiplication and fractions and math. Um, But again, you know, just make sure you're guiding your child. Don't make it a frustrating experience. Make it a fun experience. And in a way, it can also demystify a very large segment of not only your family life, but everyone's lives as well. Because mentioning when we were talking this earlier this morning about this topic, um, eight years old listening to WBBM and thanks to uh, Len Walters business reports, I was the only second grader who knew what the Nikkei index was. And also way back when the business section of the paper, uh, when you would look through like 50 pages of stock quotes, um, and, and that was learning about the financial markets back then. And it kind of demystified that for me. And I think that would be the case for a lot of kids today as well, even though they don't have the big, they don't have the big business section anymore to thumb through. 
Yeah, Lena was a valuable resource to many of us over the decades. And, and the guidance that I can give your listeners is be patient and go slow. You know, it may take a while for kids to grasp the basics of investing. And even if you as a parent feel ill-prepared to be their guide, use it as an opportunity to learn together. This is complicated, right? It, it can be as straightforward or as complicated as you make it. But, you know, basically to start with, all you need is a paper, piece of paper and a pencil. Write down some ideas, write down some stock ideas or investing ideas, and then make a game out of it. Make it fun, you know, between you and the parent. Pick some stocks, pick some funds, pick some investments, and then over, let's say, a six-month period, see who's, see who's done better, and then just kind of review of why you may have done better, economics or good stock picking or the such. And it's also, you mentioned the difference between saving and investing, and also to learn what investing truly is, because the kind of the pop culture version of the stock market is it makes it sound like a little bit like a casino. Uh, you have TV characters who make these big bets and obscure stocks and get rich overnight, and that's not the reality. Great point, Rob. And that's what everyone who is investing in the stock market needs to realize and especially teach our young kids that. You know, it's not the meme stocks or the cryptocurrency that that, that gets all the flash. It's the long-term investing because you have to remember that stocks are funding for long-term goals. So it's always good to reemphasize this point because, again, in the short run, obviously, the stock market can be very volatile. But over the long run, that's why so many people invest because it helps them reach their goals. And to reemphasize this with your children and as well as you as an adult is always a good idea. And then very quickly, if uh, you're 10 or 11 years old and you want to put some uh, allowance money away uh, into an investment account, uh, how much does that grow into with consistent contributions by the time you're in college (laughs) or by the time you get married? Yeah, the power of compounding cannot be understated. And that's why for any investor, whether you're 10, 20, or even in your 50s, start as soon as you can. And even if you delayed it, that's okay, because that's where that power of compounding can really be a benefit over 5, 10, 20 years. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. The website, engagewealthgroup.com. Join us this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. And still to come, a look at a key support level for stocks, the 200-day moving average. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. See, that's what happens when you try to keep track of the markets during times of extreme volatility. The moving average, which calculates a stock's average closing price over a set time period, period shows a stock's general price direction. Many investors assume a drop in the 200-day moving average is a very bad sign for stocks, but our next guest has discovered the opposite. Joining us to explain this is Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, based in in Washington. Mark, thanks for joining us today. What does the 200-day moving average uh, tell us about individual stocks and the stock market, especially during this time of extreme volatility? Well, (laughs) all it really tells you is what its average level has been over the last 200 days, period. But of course, it's really more than that. A lot of people then use that average as a basis for telling you whether the trend of the market is up or down. So if the market is currently trading below its average level over the last 200 days, which is what's happened to some of the major averages in recent sessions, then a lot of uh, people on Wall Street think that means the major trend of the market is down. And that's what I 
subjected to some historical scrutiny. I went back to actually the 1920s, nearly 100 years ago, and looked at all occasion in which all occasions in which the market did drop below its 200-day moving average, and found that on average the market was actually slightly higher in uh, once three, six, and 12 months after those events than it would be on average on all other days. So therefore, it does not really end up meaning the kiss of death that a lot of people think it does. Have the fundamentals of the stock market essentially been the same for the last century, or have they changed at some point in the recent past um, where where a data point from 1940 may not be relevant compared to a data point from, let's say, 1985 or beyond? Well, it's a very fair question. And of course, things have changed enormously over the last hundred years. But what hasn't changed is that uh, investors are going to do their best to try to distill the meaning of all the myriad events and developments that are occurring out there to assess what that uh, what all those events on balance might mean for the stock market. So I don't think that the uh, the, the fact that the world is so different there was 100 years ago in and of itself would uh, negate the conclusions of a study that goes back that long. I think one thing that does suggest that uh, perhaps things have changed is that it used to be very difficult. If Let's say 100 years ago, you were trading the S&P 500 index. Of course, there was not an index fund or an ETF where you could buy or sell and in an instant get in or out of all 500 stocks. Now you can, and you can do it for almost no commissions. And that is a huge difference uh, between now and then. And a lot more people are following the 200-day moving average because of it. And I think that probably is one reason why it's uh, not as effective as it might have been in in previous decades. Very quickly, is the 200-day moving average a source of comfort at a time when you have financial news channels that have clocks and pundits yelling at each other and and, uh, (laughs) lots of sights and sounds and colors that are all designed to uh, uh, give you a little bit of worry, a little bit of anxiety? I think it is. I mean, regardless of whether it has the significance that some of the people on Wall Street think it does, it nonetheless allows you to at least stop focusing on the minute-to-minute or hour-by-hour gyrations. Well, thanks for joining us. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.